Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys know what time it is. It is Sexy Sexy September. September, That's right. That's right. And we are so excited to start this series with you. We're actually going to talk about something that we get a lot of emails about. Right, sweetie? Yeah. And that's when you you fall into what we call a sexual slump. And maybe you don't use the word slump, but a slump just means like you're, you know, you're you're in a rut. You're out of the routine. You know, things are not connecting maybe like they once did. You don't have the frequency you once did. And for whatever reason, this part of your marriage is just sort of, I don't know. It's just blah. Yeah, just kind of blah. It's Mm -hmm. meh. Um, Or maybe it's not even happening at all in extreme Mm -hmm. cases. And most couples will go through some forms of sexual slump in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to have a real honest conversation about what to do when and if that happens in your marriage. So let's dive in. You know, sweetie, I'm so glad we're talking about this topic. I've actually had an influx of emails from really both husbands and wives recently that have been asking about how to approach their spouse about feeling like they're in a sexual slump. I mean, they've really, really been concerned about it because they don't want to hurt them, but they do also not want to keep going as they're going, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and so we've had it, like I said, from both husbands and wives. And as far as that question, like, well, how do I approach my spouse if I feel like, you know, things are just kind of blah right now in our sex life. And I would say, you know, you, you have to go and, and first ask them kind of how they think things are going. I think it's good to first give them that first kind of word. And then if they say, well, I think things are good, you know, you're hoping that they ask you, well, how do you think things are going? Right. right. That kind of gives you your end to share with them. But even if they don't ask you the question back, this gives you that opportunity to right. say, well, you know, I just I just feel like maybe we're not doing it as frequently as we used to or we need to. Or I feel like things have kind of become the same old, same old thing. Um, we're not exploring any kind of variety here with positions, with, you know, preferences, whatever. And, um, and I just feel like we're kind of going through the motions. I don't feel that intimacy, that true connection, which is the entire point of sex. Right. And, um, and then just have like a really honest conversation about it. This is not a place to be accusatory or to be like, you are lame. Um, you know, just, just really be kind about it, but also be honest, you know, you gotta be honest. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe when you ask the question, like, how do you feel like things are going? I think just by asking that, you know, your spouse is probably going to know that you're yeah. wanting to talk about it for the purposes of bringing some improvement. And right. we shouldn't get defensive if our spouse comes to us and says that. We shouldn't get defensive like, like, oh my gosh, you know, you think I'm 
not trying or I'm doing something wrong or right. whatever else, but instead to really lean in and say, look, this is one of the most important aspects of our marriage. You know, a lot of times we write about this, couples will, people will get defensive and just say, well, it's just not even that important to me or it's not important. To me. And there's this mm-hmm. defensive tone where you can tell probably their spouse has come to them and wanted more frequency, wanted right. more attention on this area. But for they themselves, they've just decided that it's not important and that so because it's not important to them, then it shouldn't be important to their spouse anymore. And they starve their spouse in this area. Right. And it just creates resentment. It creates frustration. And ultimately, it can be a, a major contributing factor to the whole marriage falling apart. Um, but there are a lot of things that can legitimate reasons why a, a person can start losing interest in sex, oh, medical, yeah. I mean, hormonal, lots of other things. And so we want to talk about some of those factors, which we've right. experienced. Yes. Um, and what some of the remedies are, because we live in a time, guys, where there are solutions, oh, yeah. medical solutions, other solutions for almost any issue mm-hmm. you can face. Plus, there's just the solution of effort mm-hmm. and prayer and things that all of us have access to all the time. It's so true. And I think first, let's talk about like, what are some signs that a couple might be in a sexual slump, you know, because I think we need to define, you know, what what are some signs, sweetie? Like, where would you start with thinking? I mean, this isn't like to give anybody anxiety or to create a problem no, where no, there no. already there isn't a problem. You guys are fine. But like in case you're like maybe you have an inkling that you might be, but you're just needing more clarity. What would you say are some signs of a sexual slump? I think um, well, one of the most obvious and measurable ones is if there's a noticeable uh lack of frequency compared to what there used to be. Right. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, when when you're you've been married for 50 years, you're probably going to be making love as often as you did as newlyweds. You know, mm-hmm. different seasons are just going to be different levels of frequency. Right. But if there's been a, a, a you're both healthy people, but there's this drop off. Right. Where, you know, you were like a lack of interest, a lack of interest. Right. right. Um, then that's something to really take notice of and mm-hmm. to and to address and to try to get to the root of why. I think that's probably the most obvious one, but also maybe like even when you are um, actually in the mode of making mm-hmm. love, even if the frequency hasn't really gone down, if there's just a lack of connection in that moment right. where, where one spouse maybe feels like they're just sort of check, checked out. Right. They're just like, okay, let's just, let's just get through this mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. Um, then that's something obviously to address of like, right. like how do we get the connection? It's uh, thriving sex life and marriage. It isn't just about frequency. It's not just about checking a box that we did it X amount of times, but it's about making sure there's real connection right. in those moments, right. emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, in every way. Are we really deeply connecting and celebrating the oneness that God created us to have in marriage and and making sure that mutually we're, we're prioritizing each other's pleasure in this moment, you exactly. know? So, and if if it if sex is becoming one sided, then then that right. is its own slump. Well, I was going to talk about that. I think another sign is where one or both of you are never you know experiencing orgasm. Like I think that that's a, yeah. a slump, right? And we'll talk about that we'll specifically tra- next week. But exactly. yeah, that's a. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. And um, and that's kind of what you're talking about with it being one-sided or no-sided, like where no one is actually, like you're going through the motions and you're like, okay, I'm tired. Just let's forget it. Let's just go to bed. I, I think that that's also a slump. So just that that's kind of defining a slump. Uh, and, and again, I think sometimes what one spouse considers a slump may not be a slump to the other because maybe, you know, the one spouse has higher a, a desire for higher frequency when it comes to sex and the other is just fine, but it still is a slump if one of you is is left very um, like 
always wanting more, like yeah, always wanting yeah. more that that would be considered a slump. But I think, you know, as far as kind of some, some things we can do, I think, again, it starts with conversation. I mean, like the best way we can address something is just by starting the conversation, right, sweetie? Communication is the key to a thriving sex life. Yeah. It's a key to thriving in pretty much any part of marriage. Uh, but again, couples don't talk about their sex life, we find, mm -hmm. in the work that we do. Um, they just, they're afraid to talk about it. They're afraid to be vulnerable in that way. They're afraid to offend their spouse, perhaps, and mm -hmm. making their spouse feel defensive. Like, But you, you have to be able to talk about your sex life. You know, we've got resources designed just to kind of help you talk. We have a book called The Counterfeit Climax that... Um, you know, among other things, it really has a lot of conversation guides around sex to help spouses. Um, we want to help. In fact, like we haven't mentioned our Instagram in a long time on this episode, but on right. on the program. But if you write us at Dave and Ashley Willis um, on Instagram, um, we can try to, to send, you know, specific resources that way as well. And the questions right. you send, we really appreciate. But a lot of what we create, even these episodes that we're doing now, really primarily what they're designed to do is just help you and your spouse have new conversations around these issues. Because that's where a marriage grows. That's where mm -hmm. breakthrough happens is when two spouses will really communicate about about sex. And the time to communicate about sex, it isn't just in the moment, right? But even more importantly, it's on a walk. It's over breakfast. Right, it's, right. it's to say, you know, like what 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 would you like to see different in our sex life? Mm -hmm. Or if what what in your mind would be like an ideal sex life between the two of us? Mm -hmm. Or when in our marriage did you feel like our sex life was at its best? Right. And what are we doing differently to have gotten away from that? Right. How do we get back to that? Yeah, like what can we actually do to get there? And you know, there are certain seasons where we should maybe anticipate the possibility of a sexual slump and how we can get ahead of that is talking about it and making plans to to kind of be ahead of that or remedy that um, really before it happens. And so, you know, one that really comes to the forefront of my mind is maybe after having a child. OK. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, there's a time after having a child when a woman um, really is not supposed to have sex because you're letting everything heal down there. And this is whether, you know, it's I think it's actually about five or six weeks if you have a vaginal birth and it's about two months if you have a cesarean section and so it varies based on what your doctor tells you definitely follow your doctor's orders but um really you kind of also know when your body feels healed healed yeah, and yeah. if you if you go too soon you can do damage you know because everything's trying to heal after you've birthed a baby so it's very important that you adhere to those um, doctor's orders but what I also find with a lot of women and I've experienced myself is after that five or six weeks that you're healing and then, you know, sex is coming um, and, and, and it's something that needs to happen. You can get excited about it, but also so many women experience a bit of apprehension. And, um, and and part of it, I think, is due to the less we are having sex, the less we end up desiring it. And um, it's kind of this. I mean, it's a muscle of sorts, I guess you could say, where you're really you're almost training your body to know when it needs sex. I mean, essentially, yeah, right? And so it, it, you're, you're right. And so it, it's when you're not doing it, right? Um, for that, you know, one spouse, at least that's not doing it, that, that's losing interest and not doing it because they're losing interest, the less they do it, the less interest they'll have until well, there's just- you said one spouse not doing it. Well, I mean, it's both I, spouses not right, doing both it. Both spouses not doing. What I mean right. is when one spouse is just feeling like they want more of it. Oh, right, right. But yeah. it's still not happening. Okay. The other spouse is, the reason why they're not doing it is because they don't really feel like doing it. Right. But then the less they do it, the less they want it. And then perhaps right. this other spouse just grows more and more 
resentful mm-hmm. um and then the, and then the other the spouse that's not interested is just like well you've got to get over it because i'm not in the mood and so you're just going to have to live live without it and that's a hard place and and i think sometimes it can turn into the dynamic you're describing after the birth of a baby if it goes way past that five or six oh, weeks sure, yeah. um and, and let me just say too you know after having a baby too because a lot of people are like well there's other ways to sexually satisfy each other you know during that that interim time and there certainly are those ways but let's just be honest you're also exhausted you've just had a baby you know you're not feeling sexy you're not feeling sexy you're need even diapers and nursing and just breast milk and i mean it's just a really hard time a beautiful time but like a hard time and for a lot of women it's like sex is literally just not on our minds you know and um and so it's something where we have to be we have to be kind of really honest with our our husband about like how how things are going and how we're feeling and the husband has to be very tender with the wife because yes. and very Tenderness patient is key. but i i hear you know a lot of husbands if it doesn't happen right when they get that doctor you know usually you have an appointment where the doctor will give you um you know at that five or six week point he'll give you the the you know go ahead to say like okay you're fine you're healed um if you'd like to have you know sex with your spouse then have at it and it it's like i've heard some women say that when that happens and they you know they feel like their husband's been waiting and he's just like ready to pounce, but their mind and their body aren't quite there yet. Yeah. And um, I remember one time we were actually speaking at a marriage conference and the pastor's wife spoke also on this panel we did. And she was saying how after the birth of one of their kids, she she just got so anxious and apprehensive about knowing that at that six week mark, she would then be allowed to have sex. And she said, it's not that I, she's like, I've always enjoyed sex with my husband, but like, for some reason, it's like her mind and body couldn't get around it. So then she prolonged it even longer and like weeks, you know, and she said, and every week I wanted it less and less. And I just, and then when my husband would approach me lovingly about wanting to to make love, she's like, I just started getting resentful and angry and even more anxious. And she said, and finally, she talked to a friend of hers about it. And the friend was like, it's going to take you really going and and just slow taking it slow again with your husband but moving towards making love again yeah. because this can't become the new norm you know right. you got to just rip the band-aid off kinda. right and but but in a very like take it slow you yeah. know and um and she said and so they did and she said and it was so like he was very tender with her and very understanding but she said um it was like the more they started having sex, you know, regularly, like they did before the baby, the more she looked forward to it. And so she said, it just reminded her how, again, you're, you are training kind of your body to, of when to expect sex, like the frequency that you get used to. And this, let me just say, this is why we talk about masturbation and marriage in other episodes. This is why that's so dangerous because if like this wife is healing from the birth of a baby and obviously can't have intercourse and then the husband maybe is taking care of things on his own, it becomes off you know you're becoming off um, yeah, of because the schedule. you're training yourself in different ways right. and you're and the, yourself you're, you're fulfilling just, it yourself yeah when you're doing it yourself then you know like we we said in a past episode you're training yourself to be a very selfish lover exactly exactly for yeah. sex to be a very selfish act instead mm-hmm. of a, a, a point of really connection and so that's that's not the answer and the couples right. that get into that rut they just go deeper down that road of, of right. just sort of disconnection and resentment where if, if a wife's like, well, I'm just not interested in sex, I'm not going to do it. And then she wants right. it less and less. The husband's masturbating more and more. And, you know, or vice versa, there can be seasons versa, where it's sure. vice versa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't mean to ever say one of these is always men, always women, but mm-hmm. it's um, either spouse can fall into to that rut. 
And I think I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. it's for different reasons like i think another season where we see sexual slumps is hormonal changes yeah and this can happen at any time but kind of you know we've talked about dave's testimony when he had a testosterone kind of plummet because of his thyroid issue with hashimoto's and um and you said you started getting kind of anxious about sex because of the your hormones being off and oh yeah at the low point you know my my hormones were so low that i went from having a very high sex drive for all of my adult life to having no sex drive and then and then actually a point lower than that being anxious about the idea of sex because I was right. frankly afraid that I wouldn't be able to perform because my my testosterone was so low. Mm-hmm. Um, so testosterone levels are huge. I mean, it, it makes a massive difference. And if you feel off in your energy and your sex drive and your sexual performance, you know, get that checked. There are solutions. You know, I'm on testosterone right now and um, I, I feel like a new man. I really do. Yeah. And other things too. I mean, I'm like I'm your on energy, my, your mood my, is uh, energy improved. Mood. Yeah. I mean, I'm also for the thyroid stuff. I'm on all kinds of stuff. I'm on a you know two thyroid medications, testosterone, an antidepressant, mm-hmm. and I take a bunch of you know like vitamins, supplements and vitamins yeah. and stuff too. But it took a long time to kind of get get everything balanced back out. Mm-hmm. But it's worth the effort. You don't have to stay stuck. 
Some of those hormonal changes are from a specific diagnosis, but a lot of them are just part of the life cycle. Um, you know, Gaging. when a woman hits menopause, mm -hmm. you know, your your hormones are going to drastically change, um, permanently change in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that, again, because of modern medicine we have, there are ways to help sort of I don't know, take the edge off some of the right. some of the those changes and, and even, you know, even supplement to the point where you don't necessarily have to feel the full effects of of uh, of those hormonal changes. Right. And and let me tell you, I know this is a sensitive issue. I'll never forget years ago, we actually um, did a talk about the seasons of sex and we received an email from um, a husband who whose wife during that talk got very upset because she's in the midst of menopause and because of where she is and she's had a horrible time with menopause like it it, yeah. it has a spectrum okay and this poor woman i mean she just had extreme symptoms and reactions to these hormonal changes she was going through and because it was such a sensitive subject for her we were talking about finding solutions and what she heard in that talk was you're not doing enough and that's not at all what we were saying. I mean, not please yeah. just make make sure you know that we are not yeah, saying yeah. that, or that it was somehow her fault, or it was her fault. No, I mean, we we're no, 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 natural um, process that she's going through. It's she can't help she it. She can't help it at all. But um, but, but when you're already sensitive and you're already, you know, that you're, you're physically, you're you've gone through a lot. And you're tired and you're, and you're weary and it hurts. Like for a lot of women going through menopause, um, I have not been there yet, but I have many friends who have been through this and it can sometimes just, sex hurts. It doesn't feel good anymore. Um, there's sometimes dryness that it takes a while to find the right kind of lubricant that makes it, you know, not just tolerable, but pleasurable again. And I know we're talking very frankly, guys, but we're just trying to help you with this. And I remember we got this email from this husband, just desperate to find help for his wife, but also talking about how just for us, just to be extra aware um, and really just informed on how sensitive this is. And I'm glad he wrote us like he was so concerned. And I just want to say this because of that man, it, you know, and because of, of uh, just the research we've done on this and also friends who've gone through it. I, I do think this is a time where we, we all need to be really sensitive. Like spouses need to be extra sensitive to each other. And you know, this husband was saying like with his wife, he's had to be really patient with tr trying to help her navigate this because another side of, um, menopause is an emotional, just your mood. Sometimes they can just come from I mean, it can just hit you from nowhere that your mood is all over the place. Yeah. And and again, there are certain supplements and medications, I think, that can help to lessen the blow, so to speak. But also um, like the I've heard from our mothers, you know, talking about this, like women can experience crazy shifts in temperature, which can become very off putting and, and kill the mood real fast. Like they can be like burning up hot and then freezing cold and just feeling sweaty all of a sudden and, and just, you know what I'm saying? Not feeling in the mood. And then there's a weight gain a lot of times that accompanies menopause. And so then not only are you, sex doesn't feel good anymore. I mean, this is this is really making menopause sound great, you guys, but I'm just being really honest about yeah, how this is a hard season for women. Changes. And thank you for those of you who've written us yes. in that season or yes. at the start of it, the middle, the end of it, sharing your experiences because these stories need to be they shared. Need to be shared. It's, a, it's a natural part of the life cycle. Right that isn't talked about enough, especially as it relates to sex and marriage, but we, well, and we to, want to prepare for that yeah. and also be informed while we're in it, but also have compassion for each other. But it's, it's, you know, if sex, sex becomes more painful for some, you're gaining weight. So you don't feel as good about your body, your moods all over the place. So it's obviously it's, it's a time when husbands and wives, the wife needs to be aware of these changes and sensitive to the fact 
to how she may come off to her husband, but also the husband needs to be so grace filled in trying to help her navigate this and trying to make her feel more comfortable. And um, those are the couples that get through this time, you know, better. And I want to I want to mention this. But again, you need to really talk to your doctor about what options will work for you and, and your particular like your body and what you deal with. But um, there's something called bioidentical hormones. Uh, there's a, a specific b- brand called BioID. I think I'm saying that right. Right. Think sweetie? So. And it's a pellet. It's a it's a hormonal pellet, which sounds weird, but they basically shoot this pellet into your hip. And for four months, your body will pull the hormones it needs from this pellet to help level out some of those hormones that are leaving your body during menopause. And that usually is a conglomeration of estrogen and testosterone that you need. The testosterone helps to boost the sex drive, make it more pleasurable, give you more energy, help you um, also stave off some of the weight gain and get muscle tone while the estrogen can balance out the mood and, and, um, and even the moisture that you need. And so, um, look into that. That may be something that could be a possibility for you. Maybe not, but there's other things. I know there's creams that women can, can use to help to um, balance out estrogen levels and things like that. So it's important, you know, obviously certain women can't do these things because of their cancer cancer survivors, you know, things that just make you more sensitive to kind of hormonal changes, hormonal treatments rather. Right. Um, So yeah, it's not for everyone, but for most most people, I would say there's a, some kind of solution right. to help you. Right, yeah. and even if the direct hormone replacement isn't an option, there are other things that can help mm-hmm. and help you feel better. Right, and and so just keep pursuing that and keep tenderly and patiently working with each other through those changes. And we've got a lot more on this, guys, in past episodes in, in our book, The Counterfeit Climax, and um, at exomarriage.com and some articles. But stick around for next week as we, uh, we're going to talk about, kind of take this, this conversation the next step to talk about the, the, the orgasm, orgasm gap, gap. Yes. and what to do about it. So don't miss the climax, as we say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys.